Hello, this is Salva Morales on behalf of Hernia U and my friends Eduardo Parra and Flagman Chair. We are here in the first podcast to see why and how we do things. So uh, to start with this podcast, I would like to introduce uh, a good friend. He is Heather Bogar. She's from South Africa, from Cape Town. Uh, I have met her a long time ago, and we've been in contact for so many years, and, and I can tell that she's a friend. So thank you, uh, Heather, for being with us. It's a pleasure to have you, to have you in this podcast of Hernia You. Thank you so much, Salva. It's, um, it's great to be involved. What an amazing uh, educational program Hernia You is. So it's really wonderful to be talking to you today. Okay, thank you. Thank you for being with us. And uh, the reason why I choose her, uh, I told her in the elevator when we were coming here, is because she's a nice person and she's a great surgeon and she's really dedicated in teaching and education. So she's uh, cover exactly the profile that we look for hernia you. And, and one of the things that I always wonder about her work in South Africa is because the resources are not the same that we have in Europe and US, and they have to deal with difficulties um, and, and, and more trouble than that we are used to that. So I think that your environment, the way you work, uh, is totally different from Europe and US, right? Yes, I think it is. It's very different. I think I'm like you, though, uh, I really, really strive to, to be able to provide a great service um, with the resources that we do have. So we were talking earlier about a resource-constrained environment. It just means that we don't have ready access to things that some people may take for granted. And we often have to troubleshoot, we have to problem solve, uh, not only uh, intraoperatively, but uh, around the whole dynamics of service delivery. But we still really want to do a great job uh, with the resources that we do have. Okay, but let's talk about South Africa, your country. So it's a beautiful, beautiful country. I think I'm sure that it's a beautiful area to visit, but also you have to work in hospital in so many places in the countries. And I wonder, what are the difficulties? I mean, difficulty means in terms of ORs, in terms of need of surgeons, or in terms if you're doing an open uh, surgery and you need a mesh, you have difficulty to get a mesh. And, in, and if you want to move into minimal invasive, uh, you have difficulty to have these more expensive meshes. So what would be that, like the, the, the uh, uh, description of, of the work in your country? How it is? So it's quite variable. I think it's important uh, to know that the, the big urban centers are not the same as rural practice. Um, and before you get to the OR, there are massive differences. So first of all, the problem is the number of surgeons or the number of ORs to the percentage of the population. So we have a massive need or a massive burden of disease and not so many areas of service delivery. So that's the first problem. So there's a real need for, for access. So transport becomes an issue. Just getting to see a doctor and to get referred to the right place with your hernia is actually quite a big hurdle for many, many people. But in the urban centers, we have um, everything. I suspect my OR looks a little bit like yours um, in that we do have all the sort of standard equipment that you, you would require. Um, in terms of laparoscopy, uh, the issue is not so much the capital investment, but consumable costs. Because capital, you know, is what once off, and usually it's possible to raise funds, but the problem is, is always ongoing costs. Uh, so you really have to consider things. I think the biggest, um, the biggest message that I want to give, uh, it depends who the message is for, but the biggest message I want to give for funders and for government and for healthcare providers is that it's important to look at the basket or the whole global cost. So it's the cost of the patient taking time off work, 
getting transport, coming to the operating room, and then obviously all of those costs are in the bundle. So if you look at the cost of a mesh, for example, or the cost of the actual operation compared to the, the whole basket, it's actually quite minimal. And so you really have to have this concept of the, the value that you're providing. So if you think about value in healthcare, it's about quality divided by cost. Uh, so you don't want to incur all this cost and then you provide a poor quality operation. And this is my main message, is that once we've spent all that money and all that time and all those resources getting the patient to the operating room, we really want to deliver the best possible operation. So it's a question of organizing the healthcare system in a big country. Because Absolutely. just to give some, some tips about your country, how big it is and how um, there is a lot of rural areas, right? That's right. Uh, so there's about 60 million people. Um, and, you know, we have uh, uh, around about 40% um, uh, unemployment rate um, and only about 20% of people contribute to the tax system and only about 4% of people are taxed in any kind of high bracket. So you can imagine the amount of um, disposable funds to uh, to be distributed to, to healthcare is quite, is quite yeah. small. So the given as idea is not a question of resource of the cost of a mesh because it's a question of how the country works and, and the needs, the unemployed. So it's important to have that. But uh, one of the things and one of your, I, I know that you're one of the leaders in the countries in hernia surgery. And, and, and in fact, you were one of the one who started the uh, South African hernia uh, group, right? Correct. And yep, try, try to teach. So teaching and educating in those countries, it should be also a challenge, right? Absolutely. So, so it's not only those kind of resources, but as you, as you mentioned, education. So we, we, we really have a deficit and we need to train up surgeons. You know, you, in Europe, you, you uh, were adopting laparoscopic skills already in the 90s. Um, but I was uh, already training in the middle of uh, 2000s and uh, there was very little laparoscopy taking place. And I actually had to build a, a minimal access unit and, you know, uh, get, get uh, myself trained up and, and learn. And now at least I'm in a position to pass on skills to, to the rest of the surgeons in the country. So it's a big need, the training um, and, and really trying to move towards uh, being able to provide minimal access surgery to a much broader percentage of people. Uh, and I know that South Africa is South Africa, but you are in Africa, right? And, yes. and to have a picture of that continent, the, I think the right person to give you a picture of what's going on in Africa, uh, uh, maybe you are the right person that I know, at least. And, and it would be nice, and even I'm sure that you're not comp you cannot compare so many countries one to another. But you can give us a picture of what's going on in Africa. I'm, uh, I was in humanitarian mission in Ghana, Nigeria, so I went in different countries. So I know a little bit, but I would like to, 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 to know exactly a picture from you as a, one of the main, uh, or, uh, one of the main people in charge of teaching that continent. Because I'm sure that you receive surgeons from all over Africa to be trained in your center. Well, you know, um, I think the, the most important thing to know about Africa is, I think if, you, if you've been in South America, it's a little bit similar in that you have this major discrepancy. So you have the wealthy and the poor, or the, and there's a huge difference in, um, in terms of the, the resources. So we have very high-end uh, surgery. If you have money, you can get a great, uh, a great surgery uh, by a brilliant surgeon. But if you do not have money and you're reliant on the state system, 
uh, then it's a completely different scenario. And this is true throughout Africa. And South Africa is quite a wealthy country in contrast. Uh, so the you know the, if you uh, move further north in Africa, you will see much more of that kind of rural state reliance um, and a much less uh, situation with with private healthcare. So so um, you, you first need to, to know that. The second thing is about the, the, the burden of disease and this great need. Um, and then the other thing you really need to know about Africans is, well, two things. First of all, they are incredibly hungry for knowledge. They're incredibly intelligent, high-functioning individuals who are very used to troubleshooting. And they are desperate for, for education and knowledge and training. And they are such a joy to teach because they literally pick up skills incredibly quickly. Um, and they really care. They really care about humanity. It's a beautiful ethic um, in Africa about caring for fellow human beings and being able to alleviate suffering, which is, of course, why we do what, why we, what we do. So that linked perfectly with one of the uh, goals of Hernia Youth is to try to reach areas of the world in which uh, people cannot be trained. So uh, how do you see the role of Hernia Youth in all these continents? How do you see it? Well, I like to think about it like a ripple effect because, you know, we have to change the world one operation, one person, one training at a time, you know, and if we want to start a revolution in, in, in providing high quality skills, that's what we do. We train one surgeon at a time and we operate one person at a time and that's eventually how we're going to change things. So my idea is a little bit like seedlings. You just want to plant seedlings in, uh, in, in fertile uh, areas within the continent so that we can train up more and more proctors and then you know be, be able to, to spread. So I, I think um, that that is uh, the, the sort of key understanding. I, I think a, a little bit personal, my, my bias, um, you know, one of the things that um, I, I always feel a little bit frustrated about is that people look at Africa and they say, shame, poor Africa, you know, it's okay if you do something substandard. And this is a really a message I want to to discourage. It's not okay that we do something substandard. We really have to have the same gold standards as everybody else. And we really need to be finding a way to provide, you know, for example, minimally invasive surgery to all our patients. I mean, our patients, Salva, they are, they are laborers, they're manual workers. They really need to have no pain, go back to work early. They, we really need to be having high quality outcomes for these people because their whole family is dependent on them. We cannot be doing a bad operation, tissue repair, or a mosquito mesh. Uh, this is not acceptable because the, the downward cost to the, to the community is too high, and we cannot afford this. So my yeah. message is we really need to move away from that. But it is possible to provide high-quality surgery without spending an inordinate amount of money. It's not actually about the mesh. Yeah, and in fact, one of the things that I'm going to tell you, something that happened to me when I was in in Ghana, I met the bishop uh, of, of one of the little towns, and he took us to, to have tea. So we were invited by him, and we were sitting, and he said, hey, come with us. So he opened, opened a big door in the middle of the jungle, and it was full of instruments, ligature, but the, 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 the terminal of the ligature, and so many things, and he said, we have all this. And they didn't know what it was for. So it was just, People were sending things there without knowing what it was for, surgical instrument. And so we don't need that. We need to organize. And I think your message is important. We need, uh, Hurry will help to give the knowledge, but also we have to move there and to 
create a good structure to spread the message of teaching and educating everyone. Absolutely. You know, I think if you look at Rwanda, you can really get a good message about how to how to really make a difference in terms of surgical education in Africa. Because it's not about going there and you do something wonderful and you operate 100 patients and you leave. Because then you haven't left a legacy. And in a resource-constrained environment, leaving a legacy means teaching. And that is what Hernia U is, why it's so important. You go there, you pick someone, you teach them, you leave a legacy, you make a difference in thousands of lives. So don't send the fish, try to teach them how to fish. Absolutely, exactly okay. correct. So great. So it's been a pleasure, Heather. A pleasure to have you in Hernia U in this podcast. On behalf of Hernia U and my friend Flavio and Eduardo, thank you for being with us. And, and, and uh, we take the message. We take the message to change things in the world and we will try. Thank you so much for all the, the great work that you and Hernia U is doing and it's been wonderful to be with you.